0: Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Stary, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Got an extra buck or two? You wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar? Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out the street via social media, five-star rating and review in iTunes, and/or tell a friend or two. Happy thought of the day is by the movie Spinal Tap. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Mark Starry Music Podcast, episode 171. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a chilly winter day here at my folks' place in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. Copper the Wonder Golden is excited to visit my grandmother at Golden Age Manor today and do tricks for the residents while they get their weekly pedicures. Last week's Geeks Wrap Up. Wednesday played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Love the new General South special recommended by TK. Friday played a duo show at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota. Regular Stew came up with an 11th Commandment, and it's way too inappropriate to mention on this show. Saturday played a duo show at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Chili Fest 2019, crazy busy, and thanks to the Foss family for having us again this year. Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019, I'll be playing a solo show at Volstad in Egan, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Wednesday, January 23rd, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Friday, January 25th, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, January 26th, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rambling on down to Clayton, Wisconsin to rock out at Seven Brothers from 7 to 10 p.m.
1: Guest this week.
0: is part two of three with mike butterworth and jason walsmith of the popular folk rock band the nadas we talk their new album one louder and more enjoy the conversation Welcome to the Mark Steer Music Podcast, everybody. We're here with part two with the Nadas from Des Moines. We're not Des Moines, I, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, we yeah. say we're
2: from Des Moines nowadays.
0: Yeah, okay. We're here with Mike Butterworth and Jason Wallsmith, the Nadas. We're hanging out here at some Airbnb in South Minneapolis, having a wonderful time enjoying our surly hell lager.
2: This episode brought to you by.
0: Surly <laughs> Surly You should, no. should make that happen Surly hell Yeah Could use a couple sponsors here <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're just arguing over the, the capacity, the fine lines If anybody knows Call in know. if you know g- it g- Call in as it comes out in three, four weeks <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so I was at a show last night And I was talking to some friends of mine And I was saying, oh, I'm really excited to talk to the Natas tomorrow morning um, For the podcast And I said, if you... They're like, oh, what do they do? I was telling them about your guys' stuff, whatever. I said, if you download like, any record right now, and this is my honest opinion, I think you should download one louder. I just think it's just... I think it's your my favorite record of yours cool. for sure above and beyond um so i wanted to have a whole episode just about your guys's latest record if that's cool let's talk Absolutely. about one louder um it might be my favorite also actually I, I just love it i love the songs from it and i like i said so i have this thing where i have the, i really like my music break shit you know like kind of mm-hmm. we play in our sets and stuff and like i have like four songs or five off that album that we spin at breaks, just they're so catchy and so cool. Awesome. Um, So I assume, is the title a reference from Spinal Tap then?
2: Yeah, it's our 11th record. Oh, now I get
0: the 11th, yes. Yeah,
2: so for a while we were, were, the working title was Goes goes to 11. 11.
0: What we do is
1: if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, Put it up to 11. 11,
3: exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and
0: make that a little louder?
2: And then we decided we'd just kind of make it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. um, Um, And I watched you guys on some TV show on YouTube. And I'm not sure who hosted the show. But he goes, yeah, I think I used to hear you guys back in the day or something. They were talking about Henry James. You guys play that song in there. But that's your son on the cover, too? Uh, It's my son on the cover. Your son's Henry James. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah, my son Rowan is on the cover. And he, he actually... Uh, turned 11 when that record came out so it was all it all just kind of fit together
0: perfectly nice yeah um so i'm gonna i'll just start just asking you about some song how about just talk about the overall concept where you recorded it you know what brought you to record that record maybe just talk yeah. a little bit about that
4: well actually i mean actually from the jump the way we went about this record was different than we had in any other any other record before that um we worked with our friend and producer, Alex Deason. Uh, he lives in Los Angeles now. Uh, he was frontman for a band called The Damwells.
1: together, calling you to say That I'm gonna stay Wrapped around your heart Through time and weather you never live you never die
4: That we love and always have, and then... Kind of got to play with them and become friends over the years. Played the fine line with them a couple times, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, But we started writing the songs from zero. You know, before we would have, you know, we'd have maybe three ideas over here, four ideas over here, and we'd kind of work on them and then fill out the album. Well, we started from zero writing the tunes and we wrote with Alex, who's an amazing songwriter. and in typical not-as-fashion, we were behind schedule. We had studio time booked. And so he
2: flew... We were way ahead of schedule. We, had, we started writing in March, and we had studio time booked in September, October. What was it? Let's we'll say October. Yeah. Um, so we started in March. We had about two or three good sessions, and then we didn't do it again until... October. <laughs> You're right. So, and, and yeah, we, we had the time,
4: but we were behind <laughs> schedule. So Alex flew in, and we, well, I was going to say we rented a house, but I don't think we did. We, uh, we, we, were had, we had gifted a house, a house similar to the one to. we're sitting in. Uh, and we sat there for a week, and we wrote the record. And he was a good coach. Like, Jason and I write together. We first started, we wrote separately. He and I write together. But we've barely written with anybody else and mm-hmm. so it was really fun to write with alex and so now at the end of that week we have you know whatever it was 15 songs and we we picked the 10 that we wanted to do i
2: was just thinking about his his writing style and his his role for the most part he would just sit there and we would say something to do something, he'd be like why not why wouldn't you do that y- yes and then he or he'd be like no what that's no. horrible that's don't, horrible don't stop that or or we'd be he'd be like what are you trying to say and we'd be like well we're just trying to say this and he'd be and like, like we'll say just say that, that. say that <laughs> <laughs> so that was like his he was kind of like a coach but yeah yeah
4: did well so um and then we um got the band together and we pounded out arrangements for what do we have like 3 4 days yeah. we went to um Sonic Factory Studios which is owned by our former bass player and friend John Locker so we set up there and we could you know kind of record what we were doing and listen back and see what was working and what wasn't so uh we did the writing and we did the pre-production and demoing and then we went directly into the studio like loaded up the trailer hit the road yeah we recorded in omaha at what's
2: it called uh arc arc, A-R-C
4: mm-hmm. um which is owned by mike connor, Mogus and connor oberst mm-hmm. actually from bright eyes
1: man no one's gonna change nobody ever does no one's gonna change nobody's changing for you no one's gonna change nobody ever does and i'm never gonna do what
4: and bushy tails um <laughs> and this studio is crazy it's been sitting in omaha for, since the 80s right um it is Probably the most well-built studio that we've recorded in. Um, the sound separation in the different rooms. We were in the B studio. In the A studio, they were recording the soundtrack Avengers. for the X-Men. Here we go again. Disagreeing. <laughs> this one I know is definitely Avengers. the soundtrack for the X-Men. But anyway, like, so it, we're loud. They're loud. You can't hear. You cannot hear each other. And the, the studios back up to each other. Um, there is an apartment. On site that we stayed in, and a pool that was drained and full <laughs> of garbage <laughs> but like it's a real it's a cool environment, but um what happened was we set up to record all at the same time live, and because it the sound separation was so good, we basically got all of the drums, guitars, bass, and keyboards for all the songs because we had just come out of pre-production and we were kind of ready to go done in
2: like two days maybe yeah we had booked a week there and a week back home at sonic factory to finish up and like overdub and we ended up doing the whole thing in that week we actually had three weeks at sonic factory nice so and then
4: after the first day i I called and i said hey we only need two weeks and then after the second day i called i said i think we only need a week and then after day four i'm like we don't need to come in there sorry <laughs> uh yeah so we got the whole record done in a week oh my god which was is cool because it was mostly
2: live and we were kind of just ready to go and um it was so fun and so
0: easy and just so there's just great energy and it was there was just good magic as a working musician like, trying to cut corners, like, financially to record records all the time and stuff. This all sounds, like, expensive. Super expensive. So how do you guys, I mean, are you working to shows and kind of budget that way? Or how do you guys afford to record at these fancy studios? Well, we got good
2: deals, actually. Um, but it was... Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I th- well it was it, 30 grand? 30
4: grand for the which record. isn't, like, a lot when you're talking about a major label release, even today but it is a staggering amount of money for a little indie band.
2: And we wouldn't be able to do it except for we have, uh, well, we have really generous fans and friends, but we have a business manager and friend um, who for the past several years has been sort of our investor, I guess. And, and um, he fronts these things for us, and then we pay him back when we sell records.
0: Wow. That is so cool. Um. Yeah, it's like a dream come true for something like that. It um, is, and, and you know,
2: his, he he. I won't give his name so that he doesn't like get calls from all of your other musicians who are looking for uh, financial <laughs> oh, investors. But, of course but he, but he considers this his sort of role. Like he's a huge, he's very passionate about music, and he he always says he doesn't have any musical talent, but he does have like financial skills, and so this is his way to like be a part of the.
0: Hey, it's basically just supporting the arts. Yeah. Wow, we definitely need more people like that in this world, for sure. He also owns our van. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a bad
4: investment. So well, we've you never... have to, we yeah, that record's paid off. We paid yeah. him back. We a couple months ago made the last year. payment. So that's pretty good. Yeah, um,
2: but all in all, so it's not a bad investment. <laughs> he doesn't do it as an investment, but
0: also he doesn't. It's not like he gets stiffed, right? You know, so. Are you guys selling more hard copies or online stuff? Not at all, really.
2: <laughs> What's that? <laughs> not really selling too much. Well, I mean, we paid back the record. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we sell more hard copies. We sell, we sell hard copies still. We actually did vinyl this time because there's just been this huge demand. Everybody's always asking about vinyl. So yeah. this, this record we did on vinyl, and we have not sold very many. <laughs> so that's that's the funny part. I would
0: buy one right now if you guys got vinyl here I'll give you one yes, there's one we do. in the Vanagon. I will have I would love that
2: um but no, we still do sell we uh, we sell souvenir records basically, like people know that they could just tell their you know their phone to play it for them, and it would just play for free um but people buy records to support what we do and and that's really clear to us, you know, like we could not do this if it wasn't for the fact that people who want to hear us play music, want to see live shows, know that they support us in that way. So we we do still s- sell records, not nearly as many as we used to. And what's really crazy even between ICYMI, which was only a, a few years ago as we established and now the money from from like online digital and stuff has changed so much. So like I can tell we can we can look at the analytics and know that we have way more listeners and that our reach is broadening always growing but the money goes less and less and less
4: i mean i can illustrate it the first so that very first record that we did um, we played a cd release party and the capacity was 200 at the club we played peoples in ames where we grew up and learned how to play and cut our teeth Um, we sold 400 records at that cd release party people would buy an average of 2 and then send them to their friends in other places. Uh fast forward to
2: almanac maybe I think. Whatever was... it doesn't matter like we
4: we you know there's 600 or 1000 people at the record release party and we sold 20. People just don't buy music the same. So it's more well, my of a... my
2: kids, your kids um I don't think they'll even have a concept of like owning a song. Like I I get I definitely get you know like my son's starting to appreciate vinyl and stuff like that, but there's no reason to to uh, download a file anymore. All of our computers and hard drives are, you know, getting smaller and filling up faster. So yeah, it's just I don't know. It's all about streaming. And the thing the thing that's different about streaming is you used to have to even even after physical album sales went down and people started buying MP3s, you still had to you know purchase the MP3 to listen to it, even if you listen to it once. But now you know we get 17 cents per 1000 spins or something like that oh sorry i'm hitting the table <laughs> oh that's fine i don't like those ding ding um so it just there's just only so many ears and hours in the day and so that number is pretty much you know finite other than i guess we can earn new fans well, we I keep know, working on that
4: we're not we're not sitting here complaining it's just the fact of how things right. have changed in the long time that we've been doing this other things that have changed is when we first started There was no GPS, so we'd have to call the venue and get directions to the
0: club. (laughs) That's funny. From a payphone. So why why put out albums like that anymore? People ask me that too. Like, why do you even do it anymore? I just feel like why do we burn
2: CDs or why do we or why do we record music? No, put out like
0: an actual album, like a CD record or whatever.
2: I mean, we're most of the way through our three thousand copies. Is what we're at. Yeah. So, I mean, that's significant. It, but it really, we consider it a souvenir to a show.
4: I think, like, my car doesn't have a CD player. I think there's one CD player in my house, but it's our DVD, or Blu-ray player. So you can't really even listen to it. But people aren't going to buy a download card. It's just a souvenir. People like to have it and look at it. And to, back to Jason's point, I know specifically our fans do it to support us. So we can keep giving them music and...
2: Doing what we do, man. I never even thought about the fact that cars don't have them anymore. That was like our
0: last saving grace, right? (laughs) My cars, my cars still have them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll get back to uh, the record here, if one louder here. I want to ask you uh, about some specific tracks off that. Um, One of my favorite Nada's songs, now of all time, is Rita's Hook. That is just the catchiest song ever. I don't know how that's not a hit song. I was at a play to show in Egan the other day, and I I that's the first song off our break list, and they'll read us da 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 da. It's just so feel good, you know. I even saw the managers just dance along <laughs> like this. Never heard of it, no idea what they're talking about, nothing. So how did that song come about?
4: Um Why don't you talk about the writing and I'll talk about their production? Sure.
2: Uh, so there's this woman named Rita. and Who's uh,
0: singing in that one, first of all?
2: Uh, I think I sing the... Do you
0: sing that one, the, the, the verse? Leads, the, yeah. yeah,
2: the leads. Um, I, Jason. Um, <laughs> no, this woman named Rita really just like, she passed a note to our keyboard player at a show one time and said... Which for
4: anyone that's going to come to a show, don't do that. You can pass notes to us, but.
2: <laughs> He's a little touchy. Anyway, she passed the note In a good way. he handed it to me after the show, and it said, uh, Rita, I'm a songwriter, call me. And I, I mean, I don't know, I don't ever follow up on those types of things. And she was persistent, and I don't remember, I think she just called me. I don't know how she found my number and said, Hey, this is Rita, I saw you, I saw you at the show. Uh, Do you want to have coffee? And I was like, sure. So she's an older lady. Like, she's probably 70, I think. And she was a songwriter in, I mean, she has this unbelievable life story. And we sat down for coffee, and she told me her whole life story in 90 minutes. And at the end, she said, "Um, I want to give you a gift. And I was like, okay, that sounds sweet. You You bought the coffee. She's like, I want to give you this hook. She's like, I've had this hook for a long time, and I've never used it. And she was a songwriter, like I said, in the eighties in Nashville, and she was kind of put through the ringer and um, uh, so she's like, "I never did anything with this hook, but I think you I think you could, so I want to give you this hook and I mean, she went to the extent where she like signed a piece of paper that said, "I am giving the intellectual property and so she gave me this hook, and I'm like, well, now I have to write a song, <laughs> and so I brought it to the you know, our songwriting sessions and said, well, let's start with this one. Here's the hook. Let's do it. But the interesting thing for me, and I think the really fun thing for me, I don't know how to describe it any other way. It's just fun is that, is that we never did use the hook.
4: It just it didn't work for what we were doing. Yeah.
2: So How did the
0: hook go? Oh, the lyrical hook or the, the her, music? Her it music. was a
2: lyrical hook. Yeah, there was, it, was just, it was just a line and we never used it. So it was more about the mystique behind the hook.
0: I love it. Thanks. Oh, God. Yeah, that song is just super, super catchy. Yeah,
2: so lyrically, it's just really literal. It's just me me regurgitating her life story related to being a songwriter. Okay. Which was
4: just a small part of her life story. Right. Yeah. So on the next album, look for... Rita's book. <laughs> Rita's book. <laughs> because she also gave me a book
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that
2: she wrote and published on Amazon. Uh, that's awesome.
4: Uh, so, So this is where... You know, we we kind of had an idea for the music, and this is where Alex came in and said, "I want I want this kind of to be. I'm feeling more of an acoustic, sort of like Doobie Brothers sort of acoustic rock feel of this." And so he came up with that little lick, yeah. just or the,
0: it's more. Of, it's more of a
4: theme, right? But and you did not like it.
2: I, I mean, I, honestly, I still don't like it. I what? I have so much trouble even performing it. Um, in the studio, he's like, you got to get ahead of the beat. Get ahead of the beat. Get ahead of the beat. Sorry, I'm hitting the table again. <laughs> and, it, and I couldn't. I'm like, I can't get ahead of the beat. I, I, I don't even, I just can't make myself do it. He came into the studio and like pounded on my arm <laughs> to get me to like sing where it needed to be sung, you know. And I don't know. It's not my groove. Um, I totally appreciate what it is and the role it plays on the record. And I love the song. When I play it solo, I play it way different. Wow, and it's not that much different. It's just I'm not ahead of the beat. <laughs> I love the musical theme
4: that he hates.
2: I <laughs> like love you love it. it, and that's the way it works.
4: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's
2: that's the, the that's what being in a duo is like. That's
0: right. <laughs> compromise, compromise, <laughs> compromise. Nice. Not really. Um. So how about the song uh, "Fry Your Face Off"? Uh, best weekend ever. It's
1: that-
2: it's uh, also one, very too. literal
4: uh th- that that kind of was born from our drummer Brandon, who every time we get back so we we have storage in Des Moines where we keep our van um and that's where we meet up to to leave for shows or tours or whatever we're doing, and every time headquarters. we get, headquarters so every time we get back, you know we kind of offload our bags and clean up the wrappers and uh, park the van, tuck everything in, and then we get in our cars and we go home, and every time that Brandon would leave, he'd be like, later dudes, best weekend ever. Even if it was a Tuesday, doesn't really matter.
2: Even if it was Tuesday, even if it was super shitty, <laughs> even if we had a rough time, yeah. best weekend ever. it's so a great mantra. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And
4: so we're like, we want to write a song about best weekend ever, how do we go about doing it? well we talked specifically about one reoccurring i'm making air quotes here weekend which is um a trip every summer that we take out to evergreen colorado outside of denver for a three-night stint at the little bear and we've kind of done it enough over the years that we have some routine which starts on a thursday in the old hood we meet at the greenwood which is a bar (laughs) And we watch uh, Neil, who plays in some different bands around town, uh, the Soul Searchers.
1: It's so weary, i the whole night through. I used to get so weary, i cry the whole night through. Thinking about my trouble.
4: They, they play every Thursday, so we, we meet there Thursday night. Neil plays the gig, and then Neil takes the night drive. And we drive overnight. Are you overnight. just singing the lyrics? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> yes, I basically am. Uh, he drives through the night. We do some sleeping. Someone might help him out in the morning. And we, we stop in the town of Atwood. Uh, what's the place called? The Overland Cafe. The Over, oh, yeah. The Overland Trail takes us in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we eat a little breakfast at the Overland Trail. Poached eggs
2: and home fries?
4: Trail. Yeah, poached eggs and home fries. That's right.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Uh, and then He usually gets the burrito. We uh, leave from there and we push through the last miles, uh, p- driving pretty fast, so kind of smoky in the bandit style. Uh, I'm just spewing the lyrics. You guys don't know this who are listening, but
2: you will, maybe? I don't know. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just a chronological accounting of our Little Bear weekends. So, that's, that's a Which Friday morning. Could be morning. Minneapolis weekends, could be Chicago weekends, right. could be whatever, but this is a particular best weekend. And, you know, Saturday
4: get a little faced but we're gonna tear the roof off this place Uh, anyway these are more lyrics i can't i cannot (laughs) stop so really that's and and that's the thing where we were uh saying we were trying to say what we wanted to say without specifically saying it and that's where alex is like why don't you just say what it is you want to say instead of trying to make it ambiguous for everywhere that you go i'm like okay that works
2: yeah, the one the incarnation of the song was, like, the first verse was Denver, the second verse was Chicago, the third verse, and it just didn't really tie
0: together, I think.
2: Yeah. So.
0: There's one song that does that, though, that hits the different cities. Starts out in Texas, and then it goes, will just listen on the way here. Is it we a Johnny a, Cash song? We
4: got a couple, few of them.
0: Oh, yeah. One yeah. that let, you, let Me Sleep. Let Me Sleep. Let Me Sleep. Yeah, it's like a party right. song. It starts in yep. Texas and goes to Denver and then somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah, those and, and, are true stories. And,
2: yeah, those are true stories. And one of those stories happened up here, but it didn't make the song. But, but we were uh, camped outside. We were sleeping in our van outside of O'Gara's Garage in St. Paul when the, <laughs> when the cops came and knocked on the window and said, there's no camping here. And Mike said, we're not camping. We're just sleeping. And the guy's like, I mean, all right, carry on. All right. like,
4: <laughs> cool, cool.
0: Shapers.
4: But each each of those were stories. Um in Texas we slept in Houston on the side of the road. Uh in North Carolina, a couple of people were sleeping on the beach. Uh in Estes Park, Colorado, we were at my parents' campground, and all those times we got woken up and made to leave.
2: Because you huh. can't, can't sleep there. You can't
0: sleep there. What I like like about uh Best Weekend Ever, the song is that it's kind of sung from like a grown-up point of view, like a like a grown-up musician where it talks about going home to your family and your life and all that kind of stuff. And like me, as you get older, you can't be just, you know, drinking every after every show, every single night, doing that kind of stuff, you know, ah, except for tears. here, you know, whatever. Surely hellfire. <laughs> You know, but it's kind of more of like a grown-up approach where you're kind of building up to this weekend. I really appreciate that. I know because I play once a month up in Breezy Point, Minnesota, and I kind of feel the same way. Like kind of build up just for these couple days, and it just it's a ton of fun, and it's always something, and I come back, and it's always the best weekend ever. So I really that song really strikes home to me as nice. far as really knowing that situation. All right, We're done with uh, part two, but I wanted to spend uh, one more episode talking about like your career and some like of that. But I got one more song. I, I could ask him about a million off this-, this album. But for time, I do want to talk about Henry James, though. Yeah, man. Uh, that song, if you don't mind telling us about that, which is super catchy, too. <laughs> and First of all, what is the-, the instrument in there, that kind of fun keyboard-ish kind of thing?
4: Well, that's fun, too. So when we were in the studio in Omaha, um, that riff is a phone app. Uh, I don't remember. uh, I don't think you were there, actually. Um, So, Alex had a phone app that played this riff, and then I was like, I don't really want a phone app riff on our record. And so, actually, Neil learned the riff and augmented it and played it on organ or something. That's what I remember. It is? That was a B3. Didn't he have a little. He had an app he was doing, like. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of the same. No, but that oh yeah. Good. Thank you, you for the terrible. clarification, Thank Neil. You. <laughs> uh, Neil. Neil, everybody, on the
1: Neil on the
3: save. Hi, Neil. <laughs>
2: Hello,
4: so, so that's all. That's out all out Neil. Neil's mind. Okay, it's a cool. Riff. And fingers. It's complicated. And heart. It's nice. It fits well. So that yeah, that's that's that riff. Um, but wrote Henry James about my son Henry James who has autism. Now I don't know what to believe. <laughs> if, I re- he, if, <laughs> if i remember it correctly my son his name is henry james and he has autism which is uh beautiful and hard all at the same time and um i mean you listen to the song it's it's pretty much hard on the sleeve throwing it out there this is a deal and it was a good thing for me to write it. it is very therapeutic and it's sort of like a letter to him that maybe, you know, someday he'll listen to and be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Dad, dad loves me. So he knows that I love him. We're the, we're the bestest of friends. Mm -hmm. You say that in a song.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great song. Um, all right. Hey, thank you guys. Yeah. Definitely check out one louder. Um, Come to a show, pick up a hard copy of it, get a vinyl version out of it I downloaded mine on iTunes. It's because I don't have CDs anymore either. Mm-hmm. But I think just in general, overall, it's just an excellent, just an excellent album. Um, is there one other song you wanted to throw out people should just check out from that record? I like the first one and I also like uh, another verse of the rhyme is awesome. The the big OOs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, oh,
4: oh. That was called OO for a while. This that was a working title. My, my daughter sings on that one. Oh, She's oh, a
0: female oh, voice on that. That's awesome. Um the first song, uh, what's the first song? If
4: Everything Goes My Way. If Everything
0: Goes My Way, yeah. The, it's just the whole album is awesome. So, yeah, check that out. And thank you to Mike and Jason for being on the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. We'll do one more episode with these guys. Please tune in next week for part three.
2: All right, part three.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stereo Music Podcast hope you've enjoyed the program we'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every tuesday if not before in itunes soundcloud and most other places podcasts are available this is a listener supported podcast if you'd like to get on board please visit patreon.com forward slash mark staring music podcast if you enjoyed some of the musical edits in the show please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on itunes and load up on some new songs Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short, go have some fun. Till next time.
3: Hey, Henry James got me going insane as I patiently wait for that beautiful brain to crack open and you fall out like a rain so the world can know what I know that you can sometimes if the noise can stain and you need that familiar refrain so just breathe and say my name Henry James i'm so glad that you came you're my very best friend and an inspiration i'll try my hardest every day to make sure that your life doesn't end up lame and i know sometimes you need things the same like a picture held in the same size frame so just breathe and say my name henry james
1: i've been trying Missing Your smile I've been driving
3: like a wild freight train but your heart is sweet and you will sustain and your mom and dad think you're off the chain and I know sometimes that you don't like to change so i hold your hand and lead the way so just breathe and sing my name Henry James
1: I've been trying alright I've been missing your smile I've been driving
3: Down with the ship, or up with the flames. You should keep yourself kind and let love remain. And your sisters will keep you warm and safe. And I know sometimes that we all lay blame, but you're perfect and lovely in every way. So just breathe and say my name, Henry James.
1: I've been trying, alright. I've been missing. Your smile I've been driving All night you get weird When I'm gone a while You get weird When I'm gone a while You get weird When I'm Gone a while